Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review, and better yet, subscribe and share it with a friend. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals as I work on a book about what it takes to do HR like a boss. I hope you enjoy today's show. Hello, it's John Bernadovich, and I'm continuing my journey of writing my book, HR Like a Boss, and I'm delighted today to be joined by Danny Kimball. She's the Chief Marketing Officer at O'Neill Insurance and recently was awarded the Cleveland Sherm Member of the Year uh, at a recent award ceremony, and I was nominated to, to chat with uh, Danny in regards to a recommendation made by Chadwick Klein, who I know uh, spoke very highly of her. So Danny, welcome, and how are you doing? Thank you. Thanks for having me today. It's an honor to be here talking with you. Um, and I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good, good, good. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your, your current role, and maybe your career progression. Sure. So uh, as you mentioned in the intro, um, my name is Danny Kimball. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer here at O'Neill Insurance. We're in, in Wadsworth, Ohio. Um, but prior to that, I spent the first 10 years of my career in dance and the performing arts. And so I, I transitioned careers after sustaining a knee injury. I actually sustained a knee injury twice. Um, and moving into the insurance industry uh, was something that I'd say was alarming to me coming from an arts background. Um, but I decided to take on the marketing role knowing that that would allow me some creative freedom. Um, and, and then when I jumped into that, uh, immediately when I met the, the folks at O'Neill Insurance, uh, culture was always uh, a very intentional focus here at the organization. So um, hearing about the culture, meeting the people, uh, that really excited me to take on the marketing journey here at O'Neill Insurance and really uh, tell the brand and the brand story through its culture and through its people. And so I'm four years in, that's where I'm at now, and, and really, really focused on, um, uh, actually fascinated, I should say, by this intersection between culture and brand now. And so I always feel the stronger our culture is here, uh, the greater our brand is as well. And, and so making sure that that alignment is always a focus of mine as a marketer. That's so interesting. So, so sorry to hear about your, your injury. I know that was probably devastating having played a college sport, which was a really big deal to me and working through some injuries. I knew how disheartening that was. And uh, you see the devastation even with the professional athletes when you see them get injured, how kind of their world gets taken away from them in some respects as to what they do every day. So uh, yeah. and an interesting transition. So from dance to marketing for an insurance company in Wadsworth, Ohio, that's uh I'm sure that's not how you had it all drawn up when you started your career. No, and you know, I always call it a blessing in disguise because I, I hear I had danced since I was three years old. I still love dancing. There's, there's a deep passion there. And I had thought that that was my calling because I was so passionate about it. Um, but really, I, I feel like I am so in my element in this marketing culture realm. Um, I feel more myself. So uh, you can't create the path for you. You know, you got to be open to the opportunities that come your way. And, and that's really what I took from that. It's, it's a blessing in disguise. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I certainly appreciate and I know you've been 
a, a big part of some of the transition that Cleveland Sherm has gone through from an HR organization of, of branding itself and, and, the, and creating that community. And I, I'm assuming maybe I know the answer to the first question, which is what, what is the purpose of human resources based upon your passion about brand and marketing and culture? But uh, how, how, would, how would you describe uh, HR's primary responsibility within an organization? Sure. Yeah, I, I'd say it's it's very similar to, to how you describe it a little bit, John. I had listened to your presentation and connecting people to the organization's core purpose and mission is really, I think, one element of it. But another element of, of HR's purpose is to ensure that the people feel um, valued, that they feel cared for, that they feel loved in the workplace a little bit, um, and that they know that their work has meaning and purpose. I think explaining HR has the opportunity to explain the why behind the work that the people do uh, to give it real meaning and purpose. And that meaning and purpose aligns to the organization's mission and purpose. And when people feel fulfilled about the work that they do, um, you know, they're better performers in the workplace, but they're also um, more satisfied with their jobs, more engaged, and uh, you, you see it bleed into all areas of their life. So I think HR's impact in, in that purpose is, is really strong there. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, you speak to something real specific that we'll put in the book around the concept of if, to me, human resources has the most influential chance to impact the entire organization compared to any discipline function, frankly, in, in, yeah. in my opinion. No disrespect to marketing, right? Knowing no, I completely agree. I completely agree with that. And I think that it's, it, it, as you said it, right, if you can find people that are, that are passionate about the purpose of the organization, and they do their job really well, and they understand how it all fits in together really well, and they understand how the business works and how it makes money and doesn't make money, or how it achieves its mission or doesn't achieve its mission, then that, that if we do all that well, then you have a really unique kind of rowing in the same direction experience, as opposed to the opposite, when people are disenchanted or uh, don't believe in the mission or maybe don't really necessarily care for the manager or the owner, whatever the case is, it's, it's a terribly different experience, right? Terribly yeah. different. So yeah. cool. Yeah. So what makes you so passionate about culture? So you, you, you spent 10 years dancing, which I know there was a culture into that, right? The performance groups that you were in and just the different people that you experienced. Now you come into corporate setting mm -hmm. and you're trying to, what you think might be marketing out to the other kind of non uh, O'Neill insurance employees. And then now all of a sudden, Hey, wait a second. Really one of my main jobs is to, is to make sure this culture culture fits internally. So what, what does that mean to you? Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a really great question. You know, I think growing or growing into my career, I always worked for really good organizations. I always worked for good organizations in the performing arts. You're an advocate. So you're naturally kind of passionate about the work that you're doing. Um, but none of them had a very intentional strategic culture plan, right? So good by the nature of the leadership, everything was good, but it wasn't, I, I wouldn't say, I think you need a defined culture plan to, to have a world-class organization. And so the more um, united and unified you can get your people around a core purpose, I think the stronger opportunity you have to not only um, enhance the employee engagement and, and job satisfaction, as I talked about earlier, but also to, uh, to attract and retain talent. So there's a marketing aspect there to attract people into your organization, to retain them 
you know, high performers want to be around high performers. So how do you retain them to help them grow the business? Um, and then that naturally just bleeds into, you know, you have a lot of high performers rowing in the same direction um, and naturally bleeds into the revenue and the sales of the organization. So uh, I think it, the culture has to be at the core of the business strategy. And so that's what I love about it. It's like, man, you make that, that culture strong. You focus heavily on that culture. Everything else is just naturally going to fall into place. Yeah, no, well said. And I certainly appreciate that. And having partnering with HR professionals within your, your group, uh, as well as you know, obviously getting to know people through Cleveland Sherman and your prior experience, what, what, what characteristics stood out to you of people that you thought got it that were, were standout HR professionals? Mm. I, I would say uh, empathetic listening, <laughs> getting to know your people and, and listening to your people really well is one of I, the strongest characteristics. Um, and showing your people that you care about them, that you value them um, is key. So, so empathetic listening was the big one for me because when you show, when you're listening to people without the intention of, of thinking about what your response is going to be and you're actively listening to them, it's showing them that you, that you care about them. And that goes such a long way. And in, and some of the, that there's like skill sets that you can learn within empathetic listening where you have some follow-up questions where they can go deeper into what they're, what your people are trying to tell you. Um, I think if people in the workplace have an avenue or somebody that they can talk to that they know is truly listening to their needs and cares about them, um, uh, there's so much value there. Yeah. Reminds me of a saying that I have about my kids. There's, there's never too many people that can love and care about your children, right? You can never, mm, never yeah. give them too much love and care. And there's ne never enough of them, right? Frankly, you can, cannot be overabundance of who, people that love and, and admire your children. So it's, it's oh, unique I love that. in that, you know, the employees of a company, right? That let's just say the company's the parent and the employees are the children, right? So the yep. employer should, should love and care for um, the, you, the, those have you ever heard of uh, or listened to anything by Bob Chapman? Chapman, he's the I've CEO, not, no. CEO no. of Barry Waymiller, and I, I wrote a quote down the other day. He says, but he focuses very similar to like treat your employees as your as their precious children. Um, and he said he said business could be the most powerful force of good in the world if they simply had the courage and the skill to care for the people they are leading. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, so well said. And it's, it is amazing, right? What, when you do that, what then in turn, those employees or people or children, whatever, whatever, I, maybe my employees wouldn't like me to call them kids, even though sometimes, <laughs> they, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, offend anyone with that statement, but it is interesting what they'll do for you when, 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 uh, and, and the business in turn, when you, when you help them out, right? Sure. Do unto others as you wish to have done unto you is one of our core values and oh, I love that. Is, is a way that we kind of make sure we take care of each other and, and, and treat each other like we want to be treated. So, so on the flip side of care, there's dislike and hate. And I have this aspect of the book that we're going to talk about that it, this seems to be the part when I present on this topic that gets HR the most fired up, right? You, I don't know how many times you've done presentations, but sometimes it's like pulling teeth to get people to participate. But when I put the quote out there that says, I hate HR, fill in the blank, 
I must get half the room raising their hands, right? Willing to share and participate. So I'm just curious as to what your opinion is of why do you think at times employees or people may dislike human resources? You know, I struggled with this question when you sent it to me earlier, um, because it's been my experience that I, there's, there hasn't been any dislike in any of the HR professionals around me that I know of. Um, and, and maybe it's because I'm not directly in the HR role where maybe, you know, the person that sits in that HR seat feels like people dislike them. Um, but I, I would imagine, I, I think uh, the HR role holds a lot of hats, right? They wear a lot of hats. And there's a lot of roles and responsibilities that they have to fulfill. And depending on the size of that department, you know, if, if you have an HR person that is just sucked into paperwork and all the black and white, black and white, like rigidness and policies and handbooks and, and that, it's hard to focus and be an empathetic listener to your people when you have all these things you've got to check off and, and to do. And depending on how the HR person's personality is when somebody walks through the door with an issue or, or something that they want to talk about, um, you know, and, and in their head, they may have a million things that they have to get done. Maybe it feels rushed and maybe that person then is like, I don't get anything out of HR. You know, I went to her with this problem and I didn't feel like she listened. And maybe that's why, maybe we need to restructure HR so that they can truly. Focus on the people. Oh, cool, good. Thought I lost you there for a second, a little technical issue, but no, yeah, I, th I think for sure it's interesting. The comments that came out of that section uh, Danny is is really around. They feel like we're policing them. They feel like we're we don't have their back. They feel like we're always representing the company. I think there's this kind of to your point, the policies, the handbooks, the things that they're trying to to keep uh, the employees in, in kind of that guide. And it, it, at times, it's it's not it's not fair to either one of them that th there is a bending of the rules. There is a circumstance where you need to interpret the policy or to accommodate the unique uh, circumstance because people are people and they're all different and unique and every circumstance is not exactly always the same. So HR feels in essence responsible for policing that and then that comes with a bad connotation at times. So do you um, think, and maybe you've done more research around this, but do you think that they feel that way because sometimes they don't always have a voice at the leadership table to say, where the you know where maybe leadership wants their focus in that organizational direction and less focus on the people side of it. Do you think there has anything to do with that? Oh, that's a huge component, and we, we hear it all too often to the point where it's 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 almost I don't even know how to describe it when when I do hear it. Right, the seat at the table is something that that at times, if if you think of it logically in this way, if, if you're new to an organization and HR doesn't have a seat at the table, it's not your fault because others before you haven't either lost that chance or haven't earned that right. Or there's leadership there that's never embraced it or seen HR done in a way that can have that positive business resulted impact. So th that's a huge part, right? So so leaders don't get it. Um, not Non-HR executives feel like HR is, you know, hire, fire, and have parties, right? And sure. birthday parties and whatnot, and not not really tying back to the business result and the impact and the culture 
And so that, that is difficult. So then at times, if you don't have a seat at the table and don't have a voice, you are delivering messages and maybe you don't believe in entirely in and of yourself, or you are that person that's just, well, all I can do is go off of the handbook or the policy because that's what my leadership team believes in. And I have, I, I have to be uh, you know, a, good, a good HR director. I'm getting paid to do this job, even though I don't necessarily believe in it 100%. So right. definitely a challenge for sure. No, no doubt about it. And speaking of that, like trying to, you know, one of the big things that I'm, we try to do at my firm, and then I've seen companies that seem to have the best success in doing HR like a boss, as well as their business results, then, then lend to that is, is hiring the right people that fit within your organization. So I'm curious if there's a, a question or if you get a new candidate that comes through uh, as a possible fit for O'Neill, is, is there a question or two that you have that ties back to the cultural fit, how you can assess that uh, in an interview process? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question too. And we do have like a cultural assessment that we put every candidate through. But one of the things we look for is if they ask us a question about our culture. Um, and it doesn't have to be worded exactly like that, but if they ask us about what the work environment is like, what are the people like, they wanna meet the team. Um, we did have one candidate to say that did say, what is the culture like here at O'Neill Insurance? And fortunately we can clearly define that, but, um, and th thankfully we could, she's a super high performer, but when they ask about culture or workplace environment, it shows us that they're going to be a contributor or an addition to that, right? And then we can dive deeper into the conversation around what type of culture they're looking for, that kind of thing. So we always look for them to ask a question around that. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, you, you flip it around to where maybe uh, the, you're, you're seeking uh, candidates that are inquisitive in that regard, because by asking it, that's important. You would assume it's important to them yeah. and they want to be the right fit. And maybe in that one example you gave you, because of that question, you hired that candidate and now yep. it sounds like she's a top performer. And uh, that was an interesting clue. So that's cool. Ne never thought of it that way. So yeah. look at you, look at you crafty marketing people figuring all this <laughs> stuff out from an HR perspective. That's cool. <laughs> So I know it was only a few years ago and you kind of went through this transition professionally in regards to dance to, to, to marketing now and influencing culture and HR within O'Neill. Tell, tell me a little bit about if, if you could go back a few years when you started your career in you know, what I'll call more of a professional setting from a corporate business aspect as opposed to dance, what would be the advice you give yourself then knowing what you know now? Uh, I would say always choose and, and I, this happened by chance for me, but always choose to work for an organization that puts its people and its culture at the center. Um, I think, you know, sometimes we get caught up in salary and, and some of the perks that that an organization may offer, like unlimited PTO or remote work and all this stuff, right? And and those can contribute to culture for sure. Um, and, those, and, and money's important. So I'm not saying that money's not important, but it is not going to bring you know, joy and happiness in your life, money can't be the sole answer for that. So working for an organization that cares about who you are as a human being. Um, I know here at O'Neill, I'm prioritized as a mother first and a wife and an and employee second. And so my kids and my family uh, publicly from the organization always come first. Now I know that in my heart, 
but it's so nice to know that my organization supports the decisions that I have to make that are in the best interest of my family, regardless of whether or not it's in the best interest at the O'Neill Insurance or not. So um, that, that makes me a loyal employee. <laughs> that makes me want to stay here, right? So I think always um, never sacrificing uh, employee experience, the flexibility that you need, all of that for a higher salary or something like that. Always look for culture. Hmm. Yeah, family first is a big component of what we do at, at my firm. And I think it's been, a, it's how, how and why I founded the business. And my story goes that, you know, I, I wanted, my, our second child came along and I realized that I was going to be gone quite a bit more. So why can't I work from home and also be a present dad as best that I possibly can be? So um, it's really worked out well for, for my family. And I feel blessed that I've been able to do it. And I know it's not for everyone, right? Everyone needs, you know, to get out of the, likes getting out of the office, needs a, needs a break. I know a lot of people have been especially stressed recently with, um, you know, the, the thought of homeschooling their kids while doing their work from home. It's been a unique challenge, but I do agree with you that culture at the center uh, attracts people, right? Mm -hmm. They see that it's, it's not lip service. And I just think about the social groups that you may hang out with, the ones that you naturally gravitate towards or the ones that you fit, you align, the people are like you, right? Or they, they're not necessarily often be like you or have the same or look like you, right? Especially now, um, but that, that there's a commonality there that uh, you fit in and that you wanna go back and that you're aligned to that purpose. So that's cool. Yeah, definitely. Well, Danny, I'll get you out of here on this with the, uh, point blank question of how would you describe someone that does HR like a boss? Mm. Uh, I would say they are a champion for their people and they fight for their people. Uh, they fight for a seat at the table at the leadership level uh, so that they can be uh, a good champion for their people and have their people's voices be heard uh, across the organization. Yeah, I love that. An advocate for, for, for their people and uh, representing them from a cultural standpoint. And uh, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know, I know you were a little reluctant to do this um, when we first exchanged some communication that uh, you're not technically an HR person, but uh, I would definitely say that you are. Mm -hmm. And I know if you ask anybody on the Cleveland Sherm board, you certainly are as well. And I know uh, uh, I, I really value the time that we spent together, Danny, and I, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Well, thanks for having me, John. It's such an honor to be on. Like I said, I, I love the HR community. I've learned so much from everybody in SHRM and the people that I surround, my with, surround myself with here uh, around HR and culture. And I just, it's an honor to be on here. I'm excited to, to see your journey and continue to follow you. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, there's no requirement for you to read or buy the book. Um, my wife is the only one that's, uh, I, I've actually made that commitment to. So I was told when I first started this journey that uh, you likely need to write it for an audience of one because it's on, on my heart and in my mind and taking up mind space. So I've taken that as the, uh, the, 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 my purpose of doing this and my why. And uh, also too, I've been told that uh, usually guys like me, you don't make money selling books and that's not my intention. I'm not doing this to make any money. It's just to, to get out a concept I think that's been, that's resonated well with the community and mm -hmm. try to get back to the HR group as HR community as best I can. So thank you, Danny. I appreciate your time. I love it. I will definitely be buying the book. Oh, wow. <laughs> thank you so much. 
especially if you get a plug in there. So on that note, thank you, Danny, for your time. And uh, I will see you at the next Cleveland Sherm event. And uh, thank you so much for um, giving your wisdom and insight. All right. Thank you. Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. Remember, if it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review. And better yet, subscribe and share it with a friend. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR.